Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Well, good morning, ladies. How are you doing today? Very well. How Another are beautiful you? day in Southern California. Good morning. Good morning. We are in August. Is it August mm -hmm. still? It's almost September, but when you hear this, it'll be the middle of winter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we um, we have just come off some vacation time, so um, we have we're all like renewed and ready to talk about filler. So um, I don't know if all of you know out there, but there are different kinds of filler. And there's hyaluronic filler and there's non-hyaluronic filler. So in this episode, we're going to talk about hyaluronic filler and we're going to explain to you what that means so you know the difference. And then in the very next episode, we will talk about non-hyaluronic filler and what that means. So you'll all be very well versed on what your doctor's talking about and you can make really good decisions. So let's get started. Is there anything you guys want to talk about before we get started? No, let's just get right to it. Okay, and remember to raise your finger if you want to talk so we have clean breaks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because we want you all to know who we are. And I'm Trina, by the way. I'm the esthetician on the show. And then we have Dr. Vicki Rappaport over there to my left. Good Hi, morning. Vicky. And we have Julie Falls over to my right. She is our very educated consumer who is speaking for all of you and all like, your questions. I feel like we're kind of whispery and like sexy trainer I'm doing, voice today. I'm doing inside voices. Oh, is that what's happening? Oh, is that okay. good? That's good. Okay. That's your bronchial, voice, your bronchitis voice. <laughs> yeah, that's my, uh, on the bron bronchial side. <laughs> I've got my rock and roll voice on today. I have to say that... Um, Fillers are, are really widely available. There are so many of them. There's so many uses. At the same time, um, it seems like there's so much mystery. And people are always asking me, should I, shouldn't I? Is this good for this? Is this good for that? Um, what are the negative aspects? Um, how long will they last? What are the good ones? Which one should I use for here? There's, there's just so much mystery, and I think there's so much to unpack. And I'm, I'm curious, Vicki, uh, in your practice, what what are our fillers mostly used for? Where, what do you... I, I, the first thing that I would like to say to, to the listeners would be, if you're interested in filler, getting a consultation is the key. Because in a really good consultation, two things will happen. The, obviously, evaluating your face 
for potential, you know, need for filler, but also explaining why you need the filler. And the best example would be why you need fillers. As we get older, we not only lose volume, but the volume that we have drops. So if that's the case with your face, they'll explain why you have temple hollows, why your cheekbones look flatter because the fat and the cheekbones have fallen, why you have jowls, why you don't have a sharp neckline. They'll look at your face, evaluate, and explain to you what is happening and potentially why you would need filler. And the second part would be what filler would you know satisfy those problems that you your particular face has because your particular face is going to be different than your friend's particular face issues. Uh, so in a, getting a good consult will, like a, just to reiterate, explain what is happening to your specific face and what filler will will solve those problems for you. So I had coffee with a, a friend and neighbor the other day, and she was asking me some filler advice. And she said that she, she's, I think, in her early 70s. She, looked, she has good skin. She looked great. And she said she was going to a an esthetician's office, kind of med spa-ish, and the woman wanted her to do sculpture. Okay. And I said, don't go there. Go to a doctor's office. And I'm curious what your opinion uh, is. It's such a hard question because what you're describing to me is a med spa. And med spas have burgeoned. And I think 15 years ago, maybe they weren't so impressive, but I would say today that's not the case. And some med spas have the most incredible injectors that do better jobs than MDs, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a hard I think it's in the experience s- of the person who's injecting. I think that uh, whether the person's in a med spa or a doctor's office, Med spas are run, they have to have a doctor over the right. top of them. And they're all nurses that are injecting, hopefully not estheticians. <laughs> and um, and they do it all day long. So the more important thing, I believe, is that you're going to somebody who does it a lot, who has a lot of experience, and who is a kind of face sculptor, and they work with the face. They're an artist that works a lot. It's more about who And even than something where. like Sculptra? Yes. At a place like that? And we'll talk about Sculptra in the non-hyaluronic okay. acid episode, okay. but I, I, I'm a huge fan of Sculptra, and I'll explain why. All right. So, my question to the two of you is, if you had your choice of going to a doctor's office or a med spa, what would you choose? Who are you asking first? Both of you. Trina. Okay. Um, I would not choose a doctor's office or a med spa. I would ask every single person I know who does filler or doctor friends I know or friends, and I'd say, who do you go to? Who do you recommend? Who's good? And then I would do my research on that person and I'd find out if they do it a lot. And I would research it that way until sure. I found the right person to go to. That's what I, I would agree. do. I agree. I think asking, a, you know, hearing the same names over and over again when you do ask, also looking at your friends who looks good, right. mm-hmm. that that's a really nice, you know, way to sort of decipher who, who might be good. But, you know, doctor versus med spot, again, it's such a loaded question. I am bent to the to the on the doctor side of course because I am a doctor so to me going to a doctor's office so- feels much more much more safe but I think that's what I told it's her. not it's not a it's not an a, absolute really not a black and white answer okay. 
And let's talk about eventually like complications and how people can manage complications because that's the key. Doing a really good job is really important, but God forbid something bad happens, that place has to know how to manage the complication because if you can manage the complication well, it won't be a complication. And also remember a lot of doctors are opening their own med spas. So they're run by like Dr. Tolly's opening a med spa, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like if you... You know, if it's a reputable med spa, that's right, and you staff it with the right injectors, right. like me- that's what I'm saying about med spas. Like they were a little suspect a long time yes. ago. They're not suspect anymore. They're pretty impressive um, operations, and those injectors have huge followings. They they are lecturers. They represent companies like those nurse injectors and those PA injectors. They're they're legitimately well-trained and and excellent injectors. Again, just know who it is and make sure they know how to manage complications. I think that's great advice. Um, I I wanted to, uh, this is Trina, by the way. I wanted to let you guys know that I still, and before we start this episode on hyaluronic fillers, uh, I still in Los Angeles with clients that come in to see me are asking me about Botox thinking it's a filler. So I just want to let everybody know that Botox is not a filler. It is a muscle relaxer. So it relaxes your muscle if you have a wrinkle. Fillers are made to plump the skin up where Botox is made to relax a muscle. So that's an important thing for people that don't know that to know before we get started. So, And the other thing maybe before we really dive deep is to explain the difference between the hyaluronic and the non-hyaluronic, Vicki. Yes. So the hyaluronic acid fillers are the mainstay because they are safe. The duration is very long, and God forbid there's a problem, they can be reversed. The non-hyaluronic acid fillers are unreversible, safe, and they last long, but they're just different than hyaluronic acids. You have hyaluronic acid in your skin. It's a sugar that's a natural uh, component of your skin, and um, it was... Uh, deemed that collagen, which was the original filler in the 80s, didn't last very long. Like the joke about collagen injections is that you would get it injected and you would go to your car and it would be gone. Like you would leave the doctor's (laughs) office, look in your car mirror, and it was gone, disappeared. Was was it safe? (laughs) Collagen's very safe. Very, very, very safe. But it just would disappear. Just was sort of, it just didn't last very long. It was originally bovine collagen. I was going to just ask that. What was the collagen? So it was made of a cow. Correct. It was made from made cow. Made of had, a cow. <laughs> not made of a cow. But it was cow collagen. It was from cow. <laughs> and you had to get skin tested before. Uh, and then eventually they figured out how to create human collagen in the lab. And then that was, di- didn't need didn't need skin testing, but it just doesn't last doesn't last very long. You could still actually get that collagen. You could, you, I could order it today, but I would never inject it because it just doesn't last very long. So hyaluronic acid was discovered as a really beautiful, safe, product that had had longevity. Um, and it's it's really developed over the years. We had one option which came out first, which was Restylane, and there was one Restylane. And then eventually Juvederm came out. And then, a, and then the whole family of Restylane products have come out. And a whole family of Juvederm products have come out. And then a million other classes, or excuse me, uh, brands that I also use. There's RHA, there's Bellatero, there's Versa. There's so many. They're all great. In the, in the hands of a great injector. Most injectors actually use a couple of different hyaluronic acids. If you're going to do temples, cheeks, lips, jawline, you'll probably have a couple of different hyaluronic acid brands injected into your face. And so we know what we like based on the thickness of it. The It's it's 
it's called G prime, which is like the viscosity, like how thick it is. And we like thick in some areas, which lift. So i.e. the cheekbones, something like a Voluma will be great in the cheekbones or a Restylane Lift is good in the cheekbones because it's, you know, for lack of a better word, it's thicker, lasts longer, and it lifts better. If you put a very thin filler in there, which is something like Bellatero or RHA1, which is now called Redensity, which is amazing for little tiny lip lines, little, little guys, little lines that we chase on the cheek. If you put that in the cheekbone, it's not going to lift and it would be a total waste. And again, that's where your injector will know which filler which hyaluronic acid filler is great for which area. If you cut, if you go in and say, I want, um, you know, Restylane Lift uh, under my eyes, <laughs> you can't say that. Your injector will choose for you. Right. Yeah, because now there's so many different kinds for different parts of the face, depending on how much you want it to be movable and um, softer right. yeah. or firmer. And so it's that's like artistry now. It's like that's you right. have to be. And there are marketing um concepts that help us choose which filler for which area. For instance, this RHA class of uh, hyaluronic acid fillers, which we all love, has marketed themselves as a very stretchy hyaluronic acid. It sort of mimics the human hyaluronic acid the most with the long chains and it moves. So it's great for around the mouth. But then Restylane also has their technology that says it's really good for around the mouth. So it's just what we're comfortable using. I have a question actually from one of our listeners. Lynn is asking... um, what is uh, the best filler for under the eye? What would you recommend, Dr. Vicki? So it depends on what, how much filler somebody would need if they need just a little tiny bit. I, I feel comfortable using something like Bellatero or an RHA 1 or 2. Uh, we don't typically use Juvederm under the eye in general. We typically use more Restylane over Juvederm. If somebody needs a lot of fill, for whatever reason, Juvederm doesn't look as nice as Restylane under the eye. Um, I tell people when they come in for eyelid under, or under eyelid filler, we do the whole consult, whether the filler is right for them or not. And if we decide that it is, I, I will tell people 20 to 30% of people hate the filler under the eye for whatever reason. It just doesn't look good, no matter how skilled we inject it. So we just dissolve it, which is great. It's a very safe proposition in that respect. So you're not like jumping into this thing and, and committing to it. But yes, 80, you know, 80% of people or more love it and it's kind of life changing. Um, but it is something that they have to be aware that for whatever reason, sometimes it just doesn't look that good. And of course, then there are also complications of it getting into a blood vessel, which we could talk about when we talk about complications. What's RHA? It's just a, it's, it's a, it's a, another hyaluronic acid. It's a different brand, I guess, yeah. right? It's a different and, brand, yeah. But you would always inject a hyaluronic filler under the eye. Not yes. a non-hyaluronic filler. Yes, please. No. <laughs> okay. In fact, those are kind of contraindicated in a sense, like sculpture under the eye is sort of contraindicated. But like nobody sp- would do that or there are people who would do that? <sighs> yes, there was um, unfortunately a patient I had who had radius under their eye, which didn't go very well. I mean, I know people do it, but it's not the best. Hyaluronic acid under your eye is the best. It's dissolvable Safe. if you don't like it. Mm-hmm, right. And then um, talking, because we're talking about under the eye, there's a new thing, I mean, kind of new, that's popped up, and that's PRP under the eye. Do you do Which that? Is great. Yes, yeah? we love it. Mm-hmm. Love PRP under the eye. Because it's a more um, more baby steps, right? Or just better for overall for some people? Uh, more baby steps. It's, it's more of a baby step, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't fill in or... or uh, you know, correct volume loss. It just stimulates your own body to create some collagen in that area. I guess I'm kind of an expert because I had it done. Remember, 
Mm-hmm. So, so what do you I think, I can Vigili? give you my full review now. So have I'm, you had um, filler under your eye? I have not. So you've never had filler, mm-hmm. a little Can scared. Can I ask you why you've never done filler under your eye? Whether you didn't need it, that's a different story, or were you um, afraid? Somebody started doing a little filler under my eye once, and I had the most disastrous black eye mm-hmm. experience. I guess they did do a little bit. And I don't remember, she might have used a cannula. It was right before Christmas. And it, I had a massive, massive black eye. So I guess it broke I up. I remember that. It was mm-hmm. a terrible experience. And I, I don't know, I'm just not comfortable having anything under there. And this, um, you know, I was kind of skeptical about the PRP. And I'll, I'll explain what that is. They draw your blood and they spin it and then they inject it under your eye. And you have numbing cream, so it it really helps with the pain. But I just went to a wedding, and I was putting my makeup on, and I hardly needed any concealer. And usually, I'm like layering the concealer after the PRP. You're saying, yes. Yes. How many? How many times did you do? You did three times. I did three. Well, so I know it's not a PRP topic, right? But it is. It's really important to know the options under eye. Under eye has options, right? Filler is an option. PRP is an option. Surgery is an option. Laser is an option. Morpheus under the eye is huge right now. Morpheus under the eye with PRP is is something that will combine. Um, but you're. But just to top, you know, to, to touch on that topic about the bruising. Yes, no matter how numb you are under your eye, which you can numb really easily for filler under the eye, you can absolutely bruise. But you can also bruise with PRP and it is safe. A cannula is safer than a needle, but it, it can be pretty disastrous. I'm sorry that that happened to you because it totally turned you off from it. And also you probably also didn't really need it if, you, if you're feeling like PRP worked beautifully. Because PRP doesn't work beautifully when you have huge hollows. Yeah, no, it, I just had a slight bit yeah, of darkness. Lucky there. girl. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. So it's an option for people who are option. afraid to do filler and they want a little something, something yeah. to kind of lighten it. They don't have a lot of deep um, issues. A PRP could be an option, but um, most people get the hyaluronic filler under the eye if they're doing under eye and it is dissolvable. If um, if they don't like it, correct, and they can get that dissolved pretty quickly. Yes, and dissolving it is kind of interesting because it works almost immediately, meaning like within twenty four to forty eight hours, it's dissolved. It's but it won't impressive. it won't give you more loss, would it? It shouldn't. There is a possibility. Yes, you know that's that's sort of a uh, a question, but we it it doesn't really matter because you're going to want to dissolve that anyway. So it's like if you get a little extra loss, you really won't notice it. It's a kind of a microscopic loss, but you're right. It can eat up a little because it's hyaluronidase. What is hyaluronidase? It's an enzyme that breaks up hyaluronic acid. You have hyaluronic acid in your right. skin, so it doesn't know just to break up the filler hyaluronic acid. So, But it hasn't really been a problem. I mean, it's right. a miracle when we need it. I think that um, also mentally for somebody who had the issue, went in for filler, see their face with filler, and then have it dissolved that they're going to think it looks worse after just because they saw it That's filled. where the photos come in 
really handy. Important. So, so again, part of your a really good console are photos, which are going to be taken. I guess sometimes people it's forgotten, but a pre-photo is really, really helpful so that people really think that they look worse. You show them a photo and you realize, oh, it's probably like that before. Right. But it's hard because, you know, under eye is not easy to make perfect. Again, these are hyaluronic acid are options, but it's hard to make perfect. Even with surgery, they're not people's under eyes aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. So just have, you know, have like a sort of a um, open mind. What do they mind. do in surgery under the eye? Depends. If your fat pad has herniated, they'll tack oh. down the fat pad. If it's loose skin, they'll, they'll trim some oh, skin. Mm-hmm. That's something we can talk to the oculoplastics when we have them on. Yeah. So is there anything that, uh, you know, having filler is, is quite a scary um, thing for a lot of clients when I talk to them because um, they're just, they're afraid they're going to look different, you know, um, well, you do see people looking freaky from too. I don't know if it's too overdone. much overdone. I mean, or taking a new shape of your face. I think it's important that you bring in a picture of what you looked like twenty years ago, or ten years ago, even, or whatever, so that they can just follow along with what you look like and not try. I feel like some doctors try and they have an image of their head of what perfect is supposed to look like or what young is supposed to look like, and they're like, "Your cheeks are supposed to be like this shape, and your lips are supposed to be like that shape, and this is the young face." And I've actually heard doctors lecture on the on fillers, and there was a doctor that was lecturing like. This like the perfect lip is this, and it's he puts that lip on so every single old person. School, right, that is so old school. And plus, it doesn't take into account different ethnicities and cultural, you know, ways that people like to look. So that is so old fashioned to like oh make gosh. everybody look the same. I think it's great to bring pictures so that the injector will know what you like, what you want to look like. But I I feel like people really shouldn't be afraid of filler because you can do the smallest amount. You do not need to do a ton of filler. You can do a little tiny, tiny bit. So let's take the lips, for instance. Everybody's afraid of a big duck lip. You put a little bit in and people are crying they're so happy you do not need to put a whole syringe in you could put a half a syringe you could put a quarter of a syringe like it's just again having that confidence in your injector letting them hear what you want and if they're like me you know you want the person to be happy we do the tiniest bit guess what they always come in for more because they love it Mm -hmm. you know we talked about this before on our podcast and somebody i know said i want to i want to look a little better and refreshed and younger but i don't want to look freaky and I said to this person, you, you've you never even used retinols on your face. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're worried about looking freaky. And there's a big, Just big difference something. between. Exactly. But having said that, when you do see these freaky people walking down the street, is that their their desire or the doctor that they go to? That's I think how it's they. A, I think it's a look. I think it's a choice. I, really I mean, there do. are trends. Like I know Dr. Tolly told me that everybody was coming in and asking him for like almond eyes. And they're yes. definitely, I'm sure you get to hear the trends. But how does somebody get to the point where they look like a freak and they're they're okay with it? And why is their doctor okay with it? These are the questions I get all the time. Okay, so I love that question because I think that there's a couple components to it that are really important to know. So some of these people definitely have body dysmorphic syndrome where they just don't see the reality. And that's really sad that their injectors aren't seeing that. And because that's, I went to this amazing conference. It was an aesthetic show. The very first lecture, the kickoff lecture was this pediatric psychiatrist who talked about body dysmorphic. 
And this is this this conference where we're supposed to be learning about the latest, the greatest, like, you know, med spas are there and like they're selling lasers and and it was like kind of a little bit of a downer, but honestly, it was so eye-opening and so beautiful in a way to like let us, all of us injectors in the audience to understand that these people are out there and we have to protect them from themselves. To reality And so check. I really enjoyed that. Again, it was like, a, it was kind of a bummer. I was excited to like get pumped up with the this and the that and the filler. Okay, so that brought us all back down to life. So they <laughs> sometimes do have problems. And and I would say those people who really do look freaky, it's not a little bit of filler. It's not a syringe or two of filler. It's filler. It's surgery. It's implants, it's cheek implants, chin implants. A little bit of filler is so natural. Remember, one syringe of filler is a fifth of a teaspoon. It takes five syringes, which... Not a lot of people are getting five syringes. People are getting one, two, maybe three, four syringes. It takes five syringes to equal one teaspoon. Now that all over your face isn't going to make you look like a freak. These people have been getting procedures and implants. And then they just build on on themselves. But I do think a lot of these people have a psychiatric problem. And it's our job to, to recognize that. It really is. Well, well and we then- turn somebody away who's asking for unrealistic... Absolutely. Yeah. Because some doctors Absolutely. won't. Absolutely. Some doctors won't. And right. unfortunately, that's there just the bottom that's line. That's the difference it's right the, Because there. they want to make the money. There's also some um, people that I've seen and, uh, and been in an office with who are um, – the getting in got injection, injections and some surgeries from people who've made mistakes and now they're just trying to correct their oh, face and sad. so they're like chasing the corrections You're right, and Trina. it's really sad so some people walking around are not looking like that because they want to but there's like a group of I mean I know a group of girls who are influencers who all try to look like each other and they all do the big butt the big lips the big cheeks there's a look that yes. they're going yes. for and and it's that, um, yes. you know, certain look that is uh, is popular and they all want to kind of look like each other, which is so, I think, body dysmorphia. Like they're not it's happy possible, with their own but face. But no, you're right. That is a trend. And, you know, if the, if the doctor who's doing it sees that they're, you know, a stable human and that it's appropriate medically and it's going to be not, it's not going to be a health risk, of course they're going to do it. And I'm not saying that those doctors are terrible. They're not. They're doing what the patient's asking. But it's true when they get a little bit freaky looking, then then there's a problem. And you're right. If something goes wrong, then they're chasing the problems. That's just a nightmare waiting to happen. I feel so bad for those people. But then the friends, that's where your friends can come in and help and say, hey, you need to stop. So that's where the Julies of the world can help. Um, but yes, It's hard it to tell a friend when they, they go... What do you think? And you're like, oh, <laughs> like but I you think can't if enough tell people them. <laughs> tell them that. No, I've had, I will say I have this lovely patient who had she was going to this nurse injector for years. She had the biggest cheeks on the planet. It was so off putting. And I never said anything because I just saw her medically. I never said anything. She never asked me. And so finally, she went to a different injector who said, your cheeks look ridiculous. And I was and then she came to me again for her mole check that the following year. And she looked great. And I said, what have you been doing? She's like, somebody told me I look like a freak. And and I sort of felt bad that I never said anything, but it wasn't really, she never asked me, but I was pre- quite pleased that she was of sound mind to understand that it wasn't normal. So there are plenty of people who will listen, but I will just touch on these young girls too. with like the larger lips and the buttocks and the this and that. They do look beautiful. Um, and who knows, if we were in our 20s, we might do the same thing. It's just, as long as it's done safely and Not they're Trina. happy with it, then that's fine. That's their choice. <laughs> Not Trina. 
you know, I've I've actually had um, some of those girls where I'm like, have you looked at a picture of what you look like, like maybe seven years ago? And they're like, no. And and then they look and they're like, oh, my God, I look so fat. Like they don't realize it because it's just like uh, their eyes get used to it. And then they yes. just keep doing yes. it. And it's, they just keep getting rounder and rounder. And then yes. they're like, oh, my yes. God, get it out of my face. I liked my face before. But they don't, you know, think to do that because there they're are just some. On, sorry to interrupt. There yeah. are some amazing um, Instagram posts about that where people have realized that they've gone too far and the the sort of extreme change that's happened over the years and those are fascinating um because how do you like get that again somebody has to finally like you know sort of shake them and say look this is not okay anymore and you will get into trouble you will find somebody to do it and that person isn't going to be a skill and that person is going to cause problems in you so the, just you know slow everything in moderation i'm so conservative you know you know we're going to have to age yeah. And we're not going to look 20 forever and, you know, enjoy your 20s when you're 20, enjoy your 30s when you're in your 30s, 40. But, but just once you hit a little older, beware. It's going to happen and it's be okay with a little bit of aging. So two questions before we wrap this up. Um, one is, what is somebody looking at cost-wise? Like, what is a syringe of, of hyaluronic question. filler cost? And, like, um, I know it's a big variety of, of pricing because it depends on how much you need in your face. But mm -hmm. just, like, so we know how much, like, a syringe it would be. And then also, like, um, can we just talk about um, a quick couple quick, very simple contraindications that could happen? Um, it, yes. Yeah. Yes, no problem. So the price is a great question. Uh, I mean, I can I've seen syringes as low as maybe like four hundred dollars a syringe, which is really low, and as much as a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars a syringe, and everything in between. And I think that um, the average price is between like six hundred and and a thousand. I know that sounds like a huge range, but that's that's going to be what it's going to cost. If people do more syringes, they usually start to get a little discounted. So mm -hmm. if people do one syringe in our office, we charge seven fifty. Some will have specials if they do two or more. You know, it goes down. Um, and again, it depends on the person. If you get too little, too few syringes, it's not going to give you what you want. And so people think, oh, that filler didn't work. But really, again, part of a good consultation is to get a a really nice. Um, number of how many syringes you're going to need because most injectors will know and then um i know per area it'll last longer than other areas but like just so we can understand what a syringe would do like let's say you wanted to do around your lip lines is that a whole syringe not necessarily so lips can take as little as a half a syringe not the lips themselves but a lip, like, a lip lines like the what i call yeah. the paper cuts uh -huh. half a syringe half quarter a syringe. to a half a syringe I mean, usually they'll do cuts. the top Maybe the a little dress the vertical lines, and then they'll do a little bit on your bottom lip to give you a tiny, tiny little pout along with that. And it would cost so, like maybe five hundred dollars. Yes. Okay. And so, so and, and what just one thing about like how one syringe is a half a fifth of a teaspoon? It's kind of amazing how little filler is actually in a syringe, but how how nicely if it's done with the right artistic eye and the right hand and not too heavy handed, how much you can cover with that tiny bit of filler. So will okay. people shop around because if someone's using the same materials, wh why, you know, why would yours be a certain price and somebody else's be? Because of the artist. 
But if you have a did, really good artist doing it, then they might charge a little more. But you're paying for like perfection. Yeah, I mean, don't mess around on your face. Sort of charge based on their expertise and what they can, what they feel they're worth. And I think that's actually okay. How so do you yes, get to that point? Great, just injecting, injecting, injecting. Lots so, and lots. do you in your office? Do you are you the injector or some of the your PAs? All of us inject all, of all day long. And so, would you pay a different price to get Dr. Vicky as opposed to a PA? No, actually, we have the same prices because I feel like we're all have a very similar. I mean, yes, I've been injecting much longer, but honestly, they they do just as mm-hmm. as beautiful of a job. Mm-hmm. So no, our prices are the same. But yes, in some offices, it's a little bit more to have like the the head injector, the master injector, injector. versus the newest um, higher. Right, um, but. The um, and then just just a, a good idea. So cheeks it usually takes about one syringe per cheek. So one syringe of volume on the right, one syringe of volume on the left. The lips itself, if you want a plump lip, anywhere from half a syringe to a full syringe. How do they use half a syringe? That's a great question. Um, we don't save syringes, so sometimes what, what we do is we take that mother syringe and we actually put it into a smaller in, an insulin syringe. So we inject with, it's all sterile stuff. We don't even touch that mother syringe. We actually put it into smaller syringes. If we don't use up that mother syringe, it's still sterile. We can use it um, you know, later on somebody else or um, on them again if they, they you know, come the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, How long does it last? Any depending on the location, depending on which filler was used, it could be as little as six months. It could be as long as two years. Okay, but at least you're going to get six months out of it. So if you had to spend um, a thousand on one side, a thousand on the other cheek, and then a five hundred on your lips, you're looking at like maybe twenty five hundred dollars, and then that'll at least last you six months, if not a whole year, yes. in some of the places. Well, correct. And the the very last thing I always tell patients in the in the consult is that now hyaluronic acid has not been FDA approved to, to allow us to say this, but it is true is that it fills in volume and it lifts, but it also does stimulate a little bit of your own collagen. So as your body breaks down the hyaluronic acid fillers, which it does naturally, what it does is it lays down a little bit of collagen. It stimulates a little bit of collagen. So some people will say, oh, it's still great. A year or two later, it's still great. Look at the filler still in there. We know the filler is probably gone, but they've replaced it with their own collagen, Mm. which is a nice way of describing there's a little bit of um, prevention happening when you inject filler. Mm -hmm. You can prevent deeper and deeper and deeper lines because you're stimulating some of your own collagen. Got it. Yes. And um, and what are a couple of the things that you have seen happen if you're not getting injected by a good injector or even a good injector, sometimes something could happen? Okay. So the occlusion is the big, big problem. So occlusion can happen anywhere. Occlusion and what means, is occlusion? Occlusion means you're getting the hyaluronic acid in a blood vessel. What does that do? It stops up the blood vessel. So that can do two things. It can necrose the tissue that that blood vessel was feeding because there's no blood flow or that little bit of hyaluronic acid that's in the blood vessel can go up and and cause strokes and blindness because it gets into arteries that allow us to you know actually feed the eyeball or god forbid up into the brain it's very very unusual but it has happened there are cases you can read about them online so managing an occlusion is the key and so occlusions happen they just do no how matter do you how you know the, if you've occluded you know right away because there's pallor of the skin. So the skin gets white. It's scary as hell. Never happened to me, thank God. But I know that it could be scary. 
um, and you just start injecting hyaluronidase. You put heat on, you give them an aspirin. There's a whole protocol. Um, and you you basically become that person's best friend for like the next two days. And you watch them and you talk to them like every 30 minutes. Because if you say the occlusions have been have been saved like you can save somebody so what do they problems. do at home f every 30 minutes for two well, days i mean once you've injected the hyaluronidase and you've done your job you just monitor them but if they're really looking like they are having tissue necrosis they go into oxygen chambers they're put on antibiotics like it's a whole thing um, and it can happen. And it can happen to really good injectors. Guess what? It's happened to really good injectors in L.A. Good injectors in L.A. have blinded people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you sign the consent. The injector does their, their you know, their job. They're doing, they're paying attention. They're doing everything right. What we often do is, you know, when we inject, we pull back on the syringe. You're always doing that to make sure you're not in a blood vessel. But sometimes that's not a foolproof way of knowing that you're not in a blood vessel or not. So it is, a, there, there are risks. And that's the other thing is going slow, injecting slow, literally pushing on the needle slowly. So you're not just like shoving a big glob of hyaluronic acid. So God forbid you see that pallor, you've only put a tiny, tiny, tiny bit in the vessel. That's what I'm saying is they can be managed really well. We've, you know, we, I haven't, but, you know, my colleagues have been occluded, my colleagues in the world, not in my office so far, yes. Um, but <laughs> we know, and then we talk you. about it and we, and we share stories because that's how we all get better. Yeah, but very, 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 very rare, right? It's very rare, but it's happened. And yeah. I, I know, Trina, don't you have the numbers of the number of strokes and the number of blindness yeah. that's happened How in, about in the America? Dying mm -hmm. skin, necrosis is real, and it scars, and it's it's horrible. It's sad. Same person who blackened my eye, I think, had some issues with somebody having dying skin. Really, I mean, it we happens. Won't mention the name it right now. <laughs> So um, in a decade report, so 10 years, there were 5,000 um, that reported problems with the fillers in a decade. Um, that was in from 2007 to 2017, where they had some uh, issues with like nodule formation, infection, inflammation, allergic complications, vascular complications, but uh, there were 62 strokes and 47 cases of blindness. Unbelievable. But that's, that's kind of that's, low. That's I mean, it's, in it's the US, low, and, you know? and it doesn't tell you how many people were injected, which were millions of people, but still, if it happens to you, that's 100%. So but then it's they, they redid the test. Um, they did a three-year study, 2014 to 2016, and they had 1,750 reported problems. So, you know, it's it's the numbers are there. Um, lots of malpractice, you know, uh, cases, but it not. I say those numbers aren't a lot compared to the millions of people who get injected. And you're very happy. So we're going to end on a positive note. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's end on a positive note. <laughs> so my takeaway today. I'm going to do a takeaway. I say, do not go for discounted hyaluronic filler injections. <laughs> Don't go to a discounted place. Don't go for discounts. I mean, discounts if you get multiple places, you know, but definitely do your research and definitely go to somebody who's reputable and who does it all the time. And it's like their job is what they do. And you've seen their work. Like really, this is your face. It's what everybody sees. It's not a body part you can hide. So, you know, be very careful. And if you're going to do it and spend the proper money to do it right and you'll be happy 
Um, my takeaway is don't be uh, don't worry about the freaky people walking down the street that you see. Obviously, that's obvious, but people who've had beautiful, subtle uh, results, they're not obvious. You, you don't even know they've had it done. Mm-hmm. So put your trust and your faith in your friends who look really great and can give you good advice and um, really, really good professionals. And, um, you know, go for it. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of enhancement. And I say, um, why not? <laughs> And my takeaway would be from the dermatological side of it, these companies are incredible. You know, their products are incredible. They're getting better and better. The hyaluronic acid fillers are generally so safe. The injectors are getting more and more skilled. And you can just do a tiny bit, you know, have a great consultation, feel good about your consultation, feel good about your injector, and start slow and and maintain conservative um, results over time. Yes. It's not as scary as it used to be. No. Yes. we. I, it's being done so much more than it before, and so many more people are doing it and injecting it and have more skill with it and doing more and more of it every day. It's becoming a, not like a thing, you know, that's not so scary anymore. Much more ex- widely accepted. And the greatest part of it is you can take it out if you don't like it. But will you get a refund? <laughs> No, in fact, it's a great question. I thought we were ending on a positive note, but we're going to end on this note. It depends on the place. If, if for whatever reason they don't like it, you know, I usually don't charge for the hyaluronidase, generally speaking. But even if they had a great consult, we did everything right, and they just don't like it, and but they and they want it dissolved, and I really don't feel like it needs dissolution because it looks pretty good. I charge them for the hyaluronidase because that stuff costs a lot of money. It's right. And it's their bucks, choice. Like, it's like $150 to dissolve it. But I don't always do it free. And they don't get their money back for the filler. Right. No. <laughs> I again, just want was... everyone to know, don't ask for your money back. If, if you don't like it, you don't like it. <laughs> You're right. That's part of the consultation. That's part of the consent that they will sign. Yeah. And you know it is hard. And that's, again, picking and choosing the right patient to do it on. Is, is the injector's responsibility. Don't do it on somebody with body dysmorphic. Don't do it on somebody who is going to expect for you to change their world and not let the divorce happen and not let and and, and may help them lose weight. Like putting a little filler on your face is not going to make your life like absolutely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I forgot one last question. Sorry. Um, how like on a on a hundred people, how many people will bruise usually? Mm-hmm. Does everyone bruise? Or is it just certain people bruise? Uh, it's bruising is 100% always a possibility. Yeah. Uh, and and you just bruise for is, a little few days. Yeah, so. because you're you're putting a needle in the skin. Anytime you put a needle in the skin, there's a potential of bruising. But if you want to avoid bruising, no blood thinners for one week before. And blood thinners can include alcohol, Advil, Aleve, St. John's wort, all the uh, vitamin E. So that that's a great question because a lot of times people aren't told that. Um, if they're really, really, really worried about bruising, don't do it before an event. At least give yourself at least two weeks. Mm. Um, uh, I can't tell you how many people bruise. It could be I could inject for a month and, and not bruise anybody. And then all of a sudden I start to bruise people again. And it's, it's not me. It's, you know, I, I do the same technique. Right. Some people are more prone to bruising and some people are on blood thinners. They can't stop the blood thinners. Right. You know, or for, drinking alcohol. Like I didn't know that. Like don't have wine for a week before. Correct. 
to decrease your chances of bruising. Yeah, totally. You could still bruise. And I mean, half the things you said, I do. (laughs) I would definitely bruise. (laughs) No, that's good to know those things. That's important. Cool. Okay, amazing. All right. Well, uh, if they have any questions, can they send us their questions? Yeah, you totally can. So you can, um, you know, send us an email. You can go to facially conscious.com we have a website you can email us there we have blog posts on there we have all our episodes Uh, you can see us on anywhere where you see your podcast we have an instagram page you can message us there we get lots of questions in those places and we always answer them so please send us your questions if you have them and listen up to our next episode we're going to be talking about non-hyaluronic fillers and what that means because there are definitely choices and doctors you you know um, like certain ones so it's important to know the difference so we'll see you in the next round Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at infofaciallyconscious.com. At